0: Welcome to the R&R Experience Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Sonji Rollins Tucker, who is a licensed and registered investment advisor. She has expertise in financial planning, business development, and investment management. Sonji created and is founding and managing director of SRT Wealth Design Group, LLC, specializing in creating financial roadmaps and paths to prosperity for high achieving women. Sonji leads a team of professionals offering comprehensive financial planning and core asset building solutions. Welcome Sonji Rollins-Tucker.
1: Sonji, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been self-employed since I was years old, so I got a lot of questions. My first question is, what is the best account for entrepreneurs?
2: So first and foremost, congratulations on being an entrepreneur. Thank you. Um it's it's a double-edged sword, however. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rough <laughs> out there. And as an entrepreneur myself, I understand. <laughs> cash flow for us is always, of course, predicated on us making sure that we get up and we make sure we do some planning so that we can make sure we have cash flow flow that's always coming in. Sometimes it doesn't always work like that. So for entrepreneurs, I'm going to say there's several different things that really need to happen because of cash flow. Number one is going to be, let's everybody say that savings account or that emergency account by putting some money away. Every time you make money, you have to put something away, even if it's a dollar, because it's the habit. More so Mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's always the habit more so than the amount because you can always increase that. So just always, even if that's all you have is a dollar, that's what you want to put into that account. We want to try to target, of course, that 10%. That's the magic number. But everybody is different and everybody's life is a little bit different as far as your story. And today I was talking a lot today about whatever you do, To make sure that you are managing money to make sure that it's improving your life so what's an account that's going to improve your life it's going to be that emergency kind of savings account and then one of the things entrepreneurs always wait and we should do it when we first open is starting a retirement account right And that's because one, it's a business expense. That's number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, if you open up, especially if you're a solo practitioner and you do a solo K account, Mm -hmm. a solo K allows you to do loans from yourself. So you're building up this retirement account for retirement, but let's just say, hey, uh, instead of going to the bank or whatever I'm doing, I might want to take a loan from myself. And pay it ah. back. And so you become your own bank that way. But also you have a retirement account that you can use for, of course, retirement and it's a business expense. So that's gonna be a write-off for you. So it has so many different layers to it. So it's called a solo K account, and uh-huh. it is for entrepreneurs and it's for usually yourself and a spouse. It can be for one other person, usually it's a spouse. Um, I don't think it's you can do it for, with children, but you can do it with a spouse or partner. Okay. That's some good information. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the ones a lot of folks miss out on. And you know what? You don't have to have a lot to start. You can do it like with $50 a month in the beginning. The thing about it is you could actually open it, and then when you file your taxes, which for us as entrepreneurs, we can get to file an extension. So you got all mm-hmm. the way to October to actually fund this thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and still take that, you know. You got to actually fund it, but you, we have a lot of flexibility. So I always tell entrepreneurs: open it anyway. You know, put fifty dollars in it for right now, and then when you mm-hmm. file your taxes and you find out, oh, I got to pay Uncle Sam x amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you have the money. But maybe if you put that money into your retirement account. Yeah, you Uh don't have to send that money to Uncle Sam. You're paying yourself instead of paying the IRS. So it's Uh really a great way uh, to save money for retirement and also get some tax, uh, some advantageous tax planning.
1: I had started last year, would be on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and they would have, let's start this $5 a week challenge. So I had just gotten in a habit of doing that every day. I got cash from a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just have a jar and I would just put it to the side. And then once that jar fills up, then I just, you know, I take it to the bank and I have it in an account that I, I don't mess with. So right. I, I did start that last year and I that's was an amazed. emergency was
2: like, fund account. Yeah. That's yeah, great. And I was like,
1: oh, Oh, this is this is pretty cool. At the beginning, I did kind of forget. I was like, "Oh gosh, I forgot." But then, like you said, it became a habit. habit. So I do it all the time. It, so sometimes I put five in it. Sometimes I put twenty dollars. It's just whatever. I'm just putting in the jar.
2: Exactly. That's why I always say it's a it's about the habit. Because then when you have extra money, you'll put extra money in it. But you, in your mind, you have a minimum and mm-hmm. the minimum might be $5. so that's why it's all about the habit. And then when you don't do it, it's sort of like, you know, exercising. you got to keep doing it. Yeah. And then when you don't do it, you do feel bad that you don't do it, but you know, at least you do know better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you always go back to it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're not a business person, should you invest and how do you get started if you're not a business person?
2: If if you don't own a business and say you have a nine to five and you work for a corporation, so the first place, number one, again, is always having a savings account because there's always emergencies and it's always a good thing to just start a habit to save money, right? So that's number one. Then the second thing you wanna save into is your workplace retirement plan right? So most most places that you work for have a 401k, 403b. If you work for the federal government, it's called a TSP plan. If you work for counties and municipalities, it's either a 457 or like I said, the 403 three plan or tax-deferred. There's usually something out there that most businesses, large and small, have because for for businesses, it is really a tax write-off, but they're also helping their employees. So you should be enrolled into that plan, and you should be taking money out of your your payroll pre-tax. And so, let's just say uh, you start by putting fifty dollars into this plan each pay period. You don't pay taxes on that fifty dollars. Now, when you retire, you do you. That's when you pay your taxes. But it's also Mm -hmm. will help. So a lot of people say, well, I can't afford to have anything else taken out of my my paycheck. The the thing is, is that. The IRS is taking it out. So if you're not putting (laughs) the money away, they're going to take it. Right. So you really do. It's a balancing act. And that would be the first place where you start for folks who are working. You want, to, you want to maximize what you can put in your 401k plan or retirement account. And for most people, if you're under 50 this year, you can put up to $22,500 in your work for, workplace plan. You, you don't have to put $22,500, but you can put up to $22,500. If you're 50 and over, you can put $30,000 in there this year. So- It is a great way to start saving, especially for retirement. Um, So I would go with, like I said, a high yield account, some kind of savings account for just putting cash into. You could also do an investment account, a small investment account. Usually I look at that for just, you know, kind of learning the market. But for the most impact. Your retirement account and the reason why i say that too is because most employers would give you a match and that's free money so if you're not putting money into your retirement plan at work you're not getting the free money that the employer is matching you
0: what's the difference between the 401k and the Roth ra
2: okay so your 401k is considered a traditional retirement account and so when you put money into that and you make contributions into that, you're not taxed up front. You're taxed down the road when you retire. So you actually get a tax break depending on how much money you make every time you put money into that account. In a Roth IRA, you do not get to take the tax Break. Meaning if I put a hundred dollars in a Roth IRA, I don't get to deduct a hundred dollars off my taxes for every time mm-hmm. I do that. Right. But a Roth IRA. So you've already paid your taxes up front. So over time, that hundred dollars now grows to fifteen thousand dollars. Fourteen thousand nine hundred of it is tax free. So I never have to pay taxes on that money anymore. And that's the difference. difference okay. And everybody should have both. <laughs> okay. Everybody should do both of them. You should have a Roth IRA as well, because especially if you're young and especially if you uh, are probably going to be a high income earner, because later on in life, you do not have to pay taxes on that money.
0: Mm, okay,
1: that's some good info.
2: Right. So my next
1: question is, and I think about this a lot because I'm now a widow. I have two boys. And if something happens to me, how do I leave my kids wealthy? I don't want them to have to struggle when I'm gone. So what do I need to have in place as far as enough coverage for the life insurance? Right. How do we leave our kids wealthy? whether you're an entrepreneur or working in a I probably need
2: to go back just for clarity and foundation. Mm -hmm. Okay. The first thing when building wealth is going to be your risk and what happens if income, if something happens and income is no longer available for the family. Mm -hmm. So the first foundation, I don't care what Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman says, you have to have a foundation of life insurance until you have enough money saved somewhere Mm -hmm. that your family wouldn't need it. So the first thing really is looking at how much life insurance do I have in case something happens to me? One. And number two, do I want to use life insurance first? That's the cheapest, easiest way to create an inheritance for your child is to, have life insurance out there and to get it early and to have a certain amount, you know, kind of figure out what it is that you want to have and what it is that you want to leave them. Mm-hmm. So life insurance really is the best account out there to create wealth, a wealth wealth transfer account. Because lots of times people think about, well, I'm just going to use to leave my retirement. Well, you might live a long time and have to use your retirement. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, So you might want to go ahead and do life insurance policy. I just did, wrote some insurance for someone. I think that she was 69 years old. And it really wasn't as expensive as most people thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. So it really is the cheapest way. And and that's the way to really do it. When we're young and, and how we're taught lately, you hear all this noise. And usually lots of times you got to think about who are they talking to? Mm -hmm. So especially for our community, we still need to be buying life insurance. We can't do the whole go without life insurance and buy what you can afford. So term, if that's what you can afford, you need Mm -hmm. to buy the term, right? Okay. Eventually you want to have permanent or whole life insurance or something, meaning that it covers your whole life. But when you're younger and you have young children and things like that, it's just easier and cheaper for you to just go ahead and get term and get plenty of it because just like you said you're you're a widow nobody was expecting that and yeah. it just happened just 2 weeks ago my sister-in-law passed away
0: and wow. it is
2: devastating to hear that. it is devastating to the family um 50, 51 years old mm. we it was just it's it's still for me I still can't believe it uh, and I do this for a living right mm-hmm. so when it walks down your street It's everything that I'm saying is not something that I read about. It's something that for real people Yeah. (laughs) You gotta get your insurance straight. And lots of times we can get more insurance. We don't usually have $100,000 in an account sitting somewhere, but we can buy an $100,000 insurance policy to make sure our family is going to be taken care of. Yeah. Because what we do is we create another generation of poverty when we don't have this stuff in place, right? Because yeah. now mama got to be buried and mama ain't had no insurance and everybody got to put together. Put they together. Little, <laughs> the little money that they got, right? The little money yeah. you said That emergency account that you need yeah. to saved. <laughs> five thousand (laughs) dollars Yeah, mama gotta be buried and guess what happens because guess what we love mama yeah right we love mama so guess what we're gonna take that money out gonna bury mama with it and we're gonna you know god's gonna bless us later kind of thing and so now we gotta start over again when Had we had some kind of insurance in the first place, it would have taken care of that, right? Yeah. And so I want to go back and say, yes, we need the insurance first, the savings account, the retirement account, and we need to do that at the same time or at least in that order.
1: Yeah. I remember hearing Master P's story, and if I remember correctly, it was his grandfather that passed away. And he left him a $10,000 insurance policy. And from that is how he started um, his business. So, and look how much wealth he has now, but it was started simply from, and I think the amount is correct. I'm saying $10,000, but it was from his grandfather's life insurance policy. And that has set him up for life that he's now a millionaire
2: I talk to folks, grandparents, who want to do something for grandchildren. And I always say, too, you know, you don't have to die. Do Give it to them while you're living so that you can give them some guidance and some wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And so life insurance can even work in a child's favor. You can buy life insurance as soon as your child gets a tax ID number, right? Mm-hmm. And a grandparent can fund it every year for 10 years and just let it rip. And by the child, that child's, you know, 20-some, 30 years old ready to buy the house. They can go into that life insurance policy and put that down payment on there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of strategies. I'm not trying to tout life insurance. I'm just trying to tout all strategies, period. Yeah. And that's just one of them. So we don't even have to wait till you're dead. <laughs> start planning now.
0: Well, I think a lot of people don't know. They don't know where to start. So when you talk about strategy and and guidance, as far as securing a financial advisor, how do people get started? Where do they look? Where do they go?
2: Well, I think especially in our community, we think that we got to make a certain amount of money and have a certain amount of money before we even talk to the financial advisor. I'm really happy to say in this industry, you see a lot more people who look like me who understand the culture that we came from you can Google a financial advisor in your area. I will raise my hand and say, you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a female African-American financial advisor. We Google African-American financial advisors if that's what you feel comfortable with. And there's actually uh, organizations. There's also banks. If Wherever you bank, normally mm-hmm. there's a financial advisor on board. You can talk to those folks as well. I've found that independent financial advisors, such as folks like myself, are a little bit more open to talking to anyone because lots Mm -hmm. of times in corporate they have limits. I've talked to a couple of financial advisors, especially some of the bigger banks, and they say, Yeah, we don't take on anybody unless they have a million dollars in assets. So it's once again, that's another reason why I think that we sometimes don't talk to financial advisors because we do go to the bank and we're kind of shunned or made to feel like we're not- People working.
0: are intimidated. I think they're intimidated.
2: Yeah. Very mm-hmm. much intimidated. So I would Google financial advisors. I don't think I have minimums on my website. I never even thought about that. But anyway, I to everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. I
0: wanted to follow up. So what does a financial advisor cover? What kind of things- do you guys go over?
2: So the first thing is really kind of talking about what your vision is and what it is, what's important about money to you, and why it's important. So that's really one of the first questions I ask. I do actual financial roadmap, and, and basically it it's a conversation that says, well. What's important about money to you? It has to be important for you to even do it, right? And so there's going to be a couple of things that's going to be important. And then there's, you know, your whys. Why is it important to you? Lots of times it's going to be, of course, security, peace of mind, all of those kinds of things. And then we actually put numbers and things in your life, say for instance, if you have children or if there are certain things every single year or maybe in five years, or look at yourself today and then 10 years, how do you want to be and how do you want to be living in 10 years from now, right? And so depending on what age you are in 10 years, you might say, I want to have this, that, and that. Then as a financial advisor, we look at what you're doing now, how much money you have now and what your income is. And basically what you're saving is the most, the key to it all. Saving now or increasing your savings so you can meet that. And it's all about a roadmap that's built that shows you how you're going to get there or how you're not going to get there and why you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it does come down to where I say, you don't have enough income, and so now, what you think you're going to do to make the income in order to get there, right? Because mm-hmm. income is going to be very, very important. Just depending on which what it is that you want. So you can't say, "I want a ten million dollar house," and I make ten thousand dollars a year, right? So <laughs> you got to have the income. There's no investment <laughs> that's going to make that much. Money. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So it it sounds, sounds very individualized, individualized though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Said it sounds very individualized. So if I come it to is. you, it's going to be very much different than if Regina comes to you.
2: And so that's another thing, too, that I talk about, that it's very personalized. And your progress, your progression is going to be different than Regina's progression because your life is different. You're going to have different goals, different things that's going th- to come up um, that have to be adjusted and so the important thing is going to be once again in general terms is life insurance especially if you have other people who depend on you and then covering your you know mortgages and all of those things and then just kind of looking at well how much money can i save and whatever goals i have how how do i meet that so we talk about vacation you know what if you want to do vacations every year how much you want to spend, all the things that you can visualize that you want to be a part of your life, that you feel like that's going to improve your life. And what's the money that it's going to take to do it? And Mm so it's always great to put a plan together. So we talk about manifestation. Manifestation is you think it, you write it down on a calendar, and then you actually do it. And for somehow that it works. I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but once you write something down on a calendar and you, or you write something, somehow you work at it, but it mm-hmm. does, somehow it usually comes into fruition. Are you guys planning a vacation? Like, how does that really happen? Right? Yeah. Planning. You, it you have down. to plan for
0: it. You have to write it down. Yeah. You plan for it. Mm-hmm.
2: And it happens. So that's the same thing with, with financial planning. It's really no different. You still have to work at it, just like you're going on vacation. You gotta be like, oh, well, I gotta save this money every month, and so I can go on my trip and you do it. The <laughs> next thing you know, you on the plane, right? Yeah. So financial advisors, we help you with the strategy, we help you with the investment because you wanna take your money and you want to earn money on top of that, and, and we wanna help. Um, with what what are the best accounts to to do that in. This environment is real crazy right now. Very, very volatile. People are a little afraid of investing, even though they shouldn't be. It's all about when you're going to use that money. Mm. Mm -hmm. So
1: Sonja, do you find, let's say, at the initial meeting with someone that they are, reluctant with telling you like whole financial story or are they they're open okay this is what i have how can you help me or do you find that most people are kind of holding back
2: i find that especially with black women um Mm -hmm. that we are ashamed of Choices that we made to better ourselves or to better our family, such as putting our children through school, and we made sacrifices. And instead of saving the money for ourselves, we sent our children to school, or we helped somebody out, or we took care of someone. And then we feel guilty about it when you sit down and come to me and you say, well, I I know I should have. And I'm just like, stop. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we all did. <laughs> that's what we do. We're nurturers. <laughs> we yeah. take care of our families. So I find that lots of times mm-hmm. there's guilt about decisions that we made in the past. And I try to tell people just let it go. That everybody makes decisions. And at the time, it was the best decision. Mm-hmm. So you have to let okay. it go. And so the reason why they're sitting in that chair in front of me right now, because they made another decision. And at the time, it is the best decision to do this, right? And so once I talk to folks and I just kind of make them feel open about Giving me information. If you don't give me all the information I need to be given, Mm -hmm. usually I can tell something's missing. And then secondly, I can't work with you because I'm not going to help you. It's not. It's not going to be helpful for me and you. And I may not be the person that you want to work with. Right? Okay. You might be able to work with someone else, and that's okay. So that's why it's nothing wrong with talking to a few people and in, in who you feel the most comfortable with, but it's just like going to the doctor, you know, you really kind of got to tell pretty much everything that needs yeah. to be fixed. <laughs> and it's really a mindset and you start with small stuff and small victories, and then you get a, a, a windfall of stuff. But usually when, when you talk to a financial advisor It's about a financial plan. It's not about you just come in, oh, well, I have $1,000. What do I do with it? No, it's a financial plan that I actually do. And I ask all these questions and you are a part of it. I don't just do all this stuff. I give a link. I let people play with stuff. There are some things that you don't have to let me see. Some of my clients want to do some budgeting and things like that. But the way I fix it is that they don't have to share their budget with me i just mm-hmm. kind of have to have the bottom line so some people don't want me to know what they're buying and i'm okay with it i just need to my most important thing is how much money you are saving.
1: okay <laughs> so, right
2: you know, i don't really care about <laughs> the other stuff but we, you got to realize you might be buying all this stuff but how much are you saving so i don't have to know every single thing Uh, But the the biggest thing is the shame that sometimes comes to the table and that we just need to let go of it. Okay.
0: And also I think sometimes people feel like it's too late. I waited too long. So Mm. what do you say to people with that mindset? Is it too late? Is it ever too late?
2: It's never too late. Sometimes we have to make some adjustments and it's all about what we want. And so at that point it's what do you want? What do you have? This is what you can do. Right. I go back to, it's not about how much money you have, but what are you doing with your money to improve your life?
1: Mm. Okay.
2: Now with, mm-hmm. uh,
1: since we've been <clears throat> in COVID since 2020, did you find mm-hmm. that there were more people? Because for the first time, like me being an entrepreneur, it was the first time that I had ever been shut down for that amount of time and it not be my choice. So did you find that since COVID has happened that people are more aware of their financial situation? COVID,
2: <laughs> COVID made people realize that they needed life insurance.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So
2: life insurance was a big thing. Um, a lot of people did pick up life insurance during the COVID period. We were very busy with folks wanting to get life insurance. Mm. Um, I also had an uptick in folks doing wills and trust, which is a good thing also. Okay. So that was really good that people were open, much more open to listening to making sure you had a will or making sure that you actually did a trust, um, which is another thing for transferring wealth to to children and grandchildren. And not always necessarily the tax part of it, but just control. And also for special needs, some folks with special needs, children, things like that, you want to do, Mm -hmm. you want to provide a trust for them. People were more open to talking about that as well. People had a little bit more cash flow. One in that they were stuck inside and also the government had provided some different things. So Ah, people have no cash as well. And so they were more open to at least talking about some of the things that needed to be done. But I think the number one, the number one thing was life insurance. Okay.
0: But what is the difference between the emergency fund and the rainy day fund? Are they the same?
2: So an emergency fund, the way I look at it is emergency fund is for a true emergency, meaning the car breaks down. That's where you go to get that money. I think a rainy day, they might be the same, just kind of depends on who, who's using it. I look at a savings, just a regular savings account as just money to kind of be there for something other than what I consider as an emer- a true emergency. And that could be, you know, somebody's birthday came up and so let me go and take this money on my savings account, buy them a little gift and keep it moving. Um, So I I look at an emergency fund is really, like I said, car breaks down and or you get laid off. That's Mm -hmm. what a true emergency account is really set aside for three months, three to six months of your expenses which is going to be, you know, your your insurance premiums, your rent or mortgage utilities. You know, what does that add up to? And so usually we're talking about three to nine thousand dollars in an emergency fund. And that's really for if you get laid off or lose your job or entrepreneurs, you ain't make no money that month. (laughs) So you got to go into that emergency account. Your rainy day or your savings account, I think I did say for car, probably, you probably want to move more at that for car repairs and stuff that breaks down and maybe a gift or two or something like that. So those are your two. Your emergency account really is for losing your job or just you got stuck with not earning any money, that revenue for a month. Okay. You
0: say you should put aside three months salary?
2: Three months of expenses, fixed expenses. expenses. Okay. So you don't want your lights to be turned off. You don't want to get foreclosed on. You don't want to lose your car. And you don't, you want to also pay off all, all your like your insurances, car insurance, life insurance. So that goes into that account. And how do you you know the hardest part is well how do I save that much money in that account so it's a combination to me because it, you say that but it's like $9,000 <laughs> $9,000 right um once again it's a combination of making some sacrifices putting that money away every single month now The other thing that I look at, and it's not always traditional, you're not going to always hear financial advisors say this, but at the end of the day, we do need credit. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It's the American way. Um, And so credit is a wealth tool, to be honest. And so one of the things also is working on is fixing credit and making sure your credit stays good. Or at least that you have the ability that if you had to get $10,000 worth of credit, that you could do it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to use it, but you want to have the ability that if you had to, you could have access to it. And so, you know, the notion that the expectation that you can just save $9,000 at the drop of a hat, maybe depending on your income. I mean, if you're doing 150, $250,000, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But the regular, normal person, that's a stretch. And so the only thing you got going for you at that point is going to be your credit score, right? If mm-hmm. an emergency happens, that's real talk. Can we just okay. be real, right? That's <laughs> yeah. just real talk. So you got to keep an eye on um, your credit, fixing it if it has to be fixed, so that you can have... Because emergencies are going to come. You are going to be struck by some kind of emergency. And that's Mm -hmm. just the the reality of it.
0: The number one
2: investment that you can make is an investment in yourself. Right? And the ability to earn the money that you need to earn to live the lifestyle that you want to live.
1: Yeah. Because you have to have credit. If you travel, you need to have credit the hotels they're gonna yep. want a major credit card if you if you travel and let's say i don't know you get stranded and you gotta stay an extra couple of days like you know that's been going on with the airline canceling people oh, flights yeah. or whatever and if you don't have a credit card and you don't have any additional cash on you then what are you gonna do you're just stuck <laughs>
2: So yep. yeah, you're I think stuck. It's you're calling family to members. You're doing the GoFundMe account. <laughs> yeah, you're calling family to wire you some money. I yeah, mean, that's what's going to happen. But I'm just saying, you don't want to necessarily be in that situation. So the re- reality of it is, that you got to use credit. And for some reason, it's been young men that feel like, oh well, I don't need credit or I don't have credit. Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: then the next thing a car breaks down and they're begging mom or whatever, you got to have credit. You got to use credit. You got to have credit. It's the American way. And as a matter of fact, once you really get advanced and really understand how money works, mm-hmm. you always use somebody else's money in order to make money. That's yeah. just the American way. That's how the system is actually set up. <laughs> so you need to learn the basics of credit and debt management because you gotta and be And how, how do you build credit? Well, the first thing you do is start by opening up maybe some credit cards. I think they have one called self, which is the secured credit card, but really just making sure that you're paying all your bills. Uh, on time so you know you can start with a secure credit card which is a great way to do it capital one has a secure credit card and one you got to have decent income again <laughs> to make sure you pay it every single month on time don't go crazy so that's the other thing is that you start getting credit cards and everybody wants to give you a credit card you can't go crazy <laughs> with it you gotta pace yourself uh, but you build credit that way. Secure a credit card, maybe one, and then also if you have, if you have good credit and you have children, you can start building a credit file for your children by adding them on. They don't yeah. need to know that mm-hmm. you got credit in their name on your card. You ain't got to give them no card. They don't even need to know. <laughs> you can start building a credit file for them by putting their name on your card as an authorized user. But make sure you pay that you know, every single month and it'll start building a credit profile for them. And so then when they're ready and responsible, they can get a little credit card for themselves and start that whole process with themselves. So that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, Um, that's what we did for my my oldest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Very good way of doing it.
1: Um, Now, Sonji, as far as like real estate. What advice do you have for someone? Because besides from having life insurance, you're always told it's better to buy than rent. Some people, no matter what, they just still think that renting is the best thing because they're like, I don't have to worry about anything. But when you own real estate, you're owning it and you're building equity. So can you explain to someone that, you know, might be in that mindset of, you know, I just want to rent because I don't want to be bothered with anything. You know, my apartment complex, my landlord takes care of everything. And I don't want the hassle of owning my own home and dealing with that type of stuff. But in actuality, you're never going to see that money again.
2: That's true. I'm from the school of thought where owning your own is always better than renting. I'm from Mm -hmm. that school of thought. I I listen to, and sometimes people make a really good argument. So this is how I look at it, right? So when you invest in the stock market, right, Mm -hmm. you are investing in businesses. That's Mm -hmm. what you're doing, right? You're investing in businesses that do well Mm -hmm. And businesses that you utilize and then everybody in the world utilizes and you make money off of that. And the value of that business, that piece of paper from that stock goes up. You can even earn dividends and uh, interest and you're not doing anything. You just own that piece of paper. And Mm -hmm. over time, it becomes more and more and more and more and more valuable. Well, the same thing is with real estate. So... So for that same person that's saying that, my question is to them: Well, are you are you saving money by doing this? And if mm-hmm. you're saving money, are you investing in the stock? Are you are you putting a whole bunch of money because because you have to be earning money some kind of way in your sleep? <laughs> if you're yeah. not going <laughs> to rent and just let somebody else take that money because because number one, you're not going to rent and start out at a thousand dollars and think that in 10 years, you still going to be paying a thousand dollars all over how much they're going to get the, you know, you have no control over that. And yeah, you may save on some maintenance and things like that, but are you really saving? So they have Mm -hmm. to kind of prove to me like what they're really doing. The flip side of that is that when we purchase a home and we buy real estate, one is we have to also manage it so that it does become a revenue or an asset. Is it really mm-hmm. an asset, right? So um, I know, once again, especially in our community, that mama might have left us a house. Yeah. And we will hold on to that house. We just hold it on to it, hold it on to it. Well, an asset, the definition of an asset, is something that grows in value and or is producing revenue for you. So lots of times we get the wrong idea about it because if we're just holding on to the house, how's it producing revenue? So you need to be ridden it. You need to be getting some kind of revenue for getting some kind of equity. Does it have value in it? Uh, Would I be able to take that in 20 years and I got $50,000 worth of equity in it? I could pull it out and start my business. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing so i am from the school of thought that owning your home is still better is a real true investment as opposed to renting and having a property manager make money for you
0: <laughs> true mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: that's true so what advice would you want to leave listeners with one thing you want them to walk away learning today
2: so i really do want to talk about especially for 2023 is to make sure that whatever you're doing with your money is not about how much you have but making sure that what are the choices that you're making to make your life better are you managing your money every decision that you make to make your life better and so i want to Think about that. Um, And also the second thing is seek out a financial advisor and really do a financial plan. Look at doing some kind of financial planning. I do have, shameless plug, I do have (laughs) links where folks can actually go in and do some kind of planning without me because I'm open to the fact that folks might want to just look at some stuff and they don't really want to talk to me yet. But... (laughs) the fact of just kind of going in and looking at it and being kind of putting you in a mood that maybe I do need to talk to somebody is to me more helpful than not doing anything at all. So I would encourage everyone to, to make sure that they're doing that. I think once again, because of just recently happened in my family, life insurance, making sure you're checking that you have life insurance And then also check the beneficiaries on life insurance and also your retirement accounts. Because sometimes we don't check that and the wrong person's name is on it. Yeah, um, And you don't want that to happen either. So Mm -hmm. checking those beneficiaries on the name, on those life insurance and IRA accounts, because whatever is on those life insurance and IRA accounts, that's who gets the money. It doesn't Mm -hmm. go through wills and trust and probate. It's not probate. So that's really important. Get in touch with a financial advisor, find somebody that you feel comfortable with and at least have the conversation with Mm -hmm. them. And over time, you can do stuff over time because it's not something you're going to resolve in two hours. It's a relationship. All Mm -hmm. my clients, I have relationships with them. They're like family to me. So it's a relationship that's ongoing And so I would encourage everyone to reach out and find a financial advisor to have a conversation
1: with. Okay. And I have one last question before you go, Sonji. So do you do one-on-one sessions? Do you offer group classes? And also how would they get in touch with you? Like,
2: So they can reach out to me at mymoneyispower.com. Okay, that's my money is com. My money is is where you can get in touch with me. I do one on ones. I had thought about doing a private community, mm-hmm. um, Facebook group called the Executive Women's Money Roundtable, mm-hmm. and just kind of creating a community where I go in and bring in, of course, me but other experts on other topics, mm-hmm. um, and kind of do webinars and things like that so maybe okay. you can prompt me and push me to do it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think it would be a really good idea I think that'd yeah be good yeah you, you think do. so I think, yeah I think it so it's very good, good idea it, right? because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't want to do one-on-one especially younger folks and it'll be fun and i can pull on youtube to be part of my expert group of folks uh, to help because yeah.
0: <laughs> <see. laughs> I, I think with groups people feel comfortable because comfortable. somebody can ask a question that you may not be, feel comfortable asking
1: yeah right
0: on one-on-one you may be hesitant to ask certain questions but in a group somebody can ask a question and pose it, and you're like okay i didn't think of that so it generates mm-hmm. new, new ideas and so yeah all right definitely. so oh, I, that either. is
2: actually all if that's all my 2023 list <laughs> awesome you know, i was just helping yes. me get there quicker
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Because I know for our podcast, we talk about emotional health. We talk about physical health, mental mm-hmm. health, but financial health is very important. And I think a lot of people neglect that money does not grow on trees and you mm-hmm. need to pay attention and plan for your money so that as you age and, and have longevity, that your money goes with you and grows with you. Yeah. And exactly. you're not left in the dark. That's so.
2: why, you know, money has a lot to do with your mental health, right? It does. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You grow, you, you, you're depressed.
0: Yeah. And you're sad.
2: Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just saying you're sad. And that's the reason why I say it's not about how much money you have. It is about how are you managing money and to improve mm-hmm. your life? That's what mm-hmm. it is that's all about. Yeah. You know, and so it's that's a little bit different. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I should go ahead and put this dollar away. It's a dollar. Just start there. Yeah. <laughs> start there. Start yes. there. I feel good that I said they dollar today. Right? Right, I mean, right yeah. <laughs> then you feel good after a while. You're like, wait a minute, I can do five. I can do 10. Yep. Oh, maybe I can do 20. This. So it's all about improving your managing the money to improve your mm-hmm. life. Thank good. you so
0: much. We really appreciate that. And-
2: My email address is Sanji.Tucker at srtwealthdesign.com. See, that's a mouthful, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> just a lot. So I always, that's why I always say, my money is power. People remember that. My money yeah, is Yeah, I like that My money is name. power.
0: I like that. My <laughs> yeah. money is power. So yeah, I feel powerful saying power it. <laughs>
2: because our, our money is power. Um, that's right. Mymoneyispower.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to that website. You can read a little bit about me and what, what I offer. And it will also give you my contact information. But also my name is pretty unique. It's S-O-N-J-I. You can, you can Google Saji, um, Rollins, Tucker, financial advisor and and everything will pop up somebody told me the other day they were like did you know that your name was one of the top names that pops up i said like, it's unique there's yeah. only a few Sanjis <laughs> out there <laughs>
1: right <laughs> well we have a little raquel and i on um, we introduce ourselves on our podcast raquel you tell them um the mistake because i'm sure you get this too Sanji. what's yours yeah. Raquel?
0: my name is raquel not rachel most people call me rachel so i'm raquel not rachel <laughs> and regina who are you
1: <laughs> um i am regina not regina i get called regina a lot and it's regina so Sonji, i can guess what people call you instead of sonji but just enlighten us what
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> they call me everything sonya sandra That's Sandra. <laughs> Whatever. But I do yes. I like my name because it is unique. And then the spelling is S O N J I. So that's why I say I go with my money is power.
0: <laughs> my money is power. Yes, that's easy to remember. Sounds that's good. A to us. powerful hmm yeah. Sounds good. Well, thanks again. We
2: Yes, thank you. Are
0: excited that you were here and we got a lot of good information. So thank awesome. you.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys for inviting me and I hope to come back do some new some other stuff you know i just did something on create million dollar babies so maybe i'll come back and do something Ooh. like that later in the year i know i'll see you guys soon because i need to to start the podcast and so i'll have you all on my podcast oh yes
1: so we have much and much to share about that
2: yes oh,
0: absolutely,
2: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We'll and learn and grow
1: together so thank you yes. so much
2: ladies you're welcome
0: oh, thank, you. Thank, thank you thank you
1: have a good evening Take
0: care. have a great night do you have a question or a comment do you have a great story or want to share something exciting? Is there a topic you want us to discuss? Email us at rnrexperience1 at gmail.com. That's rnrexperience1 at gmail.com. The letter R, A and D, the letter R, experience, the number one at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to us on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.